Welcome back everyone to the podcast series brought to you by the International Arbitration Group at Dentons. So today we're going to discuss developments in mining in Argentina. Um, by way of introduction, I'm James Langley. I'm a partner in Denton's London team, uh, specialising in commercial and investor state arbitration. And I'm Rachel Howie. I'm a partner based in Canada, the co-lead for our Canadian litigation and dispute resolution group, and a co-lead for our national ADR and arbitration group. And we are pleased to have with us today, Michael Rattigan. Now, Michael is one of the founding partners of the Argentinian office here at Denton's. He co-heads the Mergers and Acquisitions Group and the Natural Resources and Energy Group. He has 30 years of experience in advising international companies on commercial, corporate and contractual matters, acquisitions, oil and gas, mining and energy. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, James. I'm very happy to be here. So, Michael, We've heard a lot about new mining projects in Argentina recently, um, and of course, in particular, uh, critical minerals such as lithium, which is expected to be a major boon for the Argentinian economy. Um, but before we talk about some of the issues, particularly for investors, perhaps we should start at the most basic level. So who is it that owns these minerals and who can mine them? Well, Argentina's constitution provides that natural resources belong to the province to the uh, in which they, they, they lie. So it's not so much the federal government uh, who is the uh, main factor, but each province directly. They cannot exploit them except through uh, concessions granted to either individuals or companies uh, through concessions that are given uh to, to, as I said, entities or, or, or individuals, uh, they become the owner of the of the mineral deposits uh, within a specific property, uh, regardless of, of the type of mi minerals you're, you're talking about. Um, one important thing to, to point out is that mining activity in, Ar in Argentina is deemed to be in the public interest. And that is why it gets a priority over uh, normal or surface land activities. Um, Another important thing is that concessions are granted indefinitely. Uh, they will uh, be taken away or, or they will be terminated if uh, the uh, work and investment obligations uh, are not met by the, um, by the concession uh, holder. There has been a lot of discussion lately about risk of resource nationalism in various parts of the world, um, including of course, in Latin America, if we think about investors in this sector and how they interact with the state, do Argentinian laws and regulations protect them from resource nationalism? Yes, they do. They, they do. You know, we go to the main uh, law, the Argentine Constitution provides that uh, property is inviolable uh, and nobody may be deprived of uh, his or her property or its property without a court ruling based on law. And obviously expropriations uh, entail, uh, you know, you need public utility reasons uh, and um, de declared by law and they must be uh, fully compensated. So um, then you have, that's the constitution. Then you have specific uh, mining uh, regulations that promote the, 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 the investment. Uh, and there's no difference between, there's no discrimination between investment by Argentine nationals 
or vis-a-vis -vis, uh, foreign individuals or entities. And that's also a, a, an important um, an important feature. Argentina has signed a third layer uh, of protection, has signed bilateral investment treaties with uh, several countries, which, um, which include, for what matters to us here in this debate, um, the possibility for any foreign investment uh, investor, sorry, to resort to international arbitration in cases of expropriation or unfair treatment by the federal government, by the provinces, or by any municipality or agency. Um, one important thing is to say this is not just in the theoretical field. Uh, this system has been tested. Uh, unfortunately, in 2001, 2002, the country uh, went through a very severe political and financial crisis. And the, the government at the time uh, changed the, the economic equation of most long-term contracts awarded to uh, to to in public utilities um, uh, above all. Um, so Argentina was brought uh, to arbitration, international arbitration, uh, in over a dozen, uh, I should say, two dozen cases. Um, and 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 we can see that the system worked well, in the sense that um, there was a neutral, there was an impartial forum. Um, and of course, it it's it's it was not easy. It was not cheap. It, it, these are long uh, processes, as you know, and, and can be uh, costly. Um, but in in our experience, a number of foreign investors got favorable awards, um, and in other cases, the matters were the, the claims were, were were settled for for strategic or or commercial reasons. Um, so so, uh, but but you know. Having BIT um, based international arbitration gives you uh, an obvious advantage vis-a-vis uh, -vis being obliged to resort to local courts, which in some cases may be politically influenced um, and and uh, you know as a, leading to a outright denial of justice. Mm, indeed, and and have there been any instances of resource nationalism in the mining industry in Argentina? Well, in, not in the mining industry. I mean, uh, uh, in the region, you, we have seen uh, many of these uh, examples, but not, not, not in Argentina. We, we haven't had any, uh, any taking by, by national or provincial authorities of mining properties or mining rights. Obviously, there, there have been disputes regarding environmental issues, um, but, but none of them have been seized or, 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 or taken. Uh, there has been no in, indirect uh, expropriation. So, so in that sense, I can see Argentina has a good uh, track record. And, and what about in other industries? Have you seen that type of activity elsewhere? Well, uh, I'm sure you're aware in 2012, uh, YPF, the, 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 the state, well, originally state of company, uh, at the time it was a private company, which had been privatized in the 1990s. Um, in 2012, as I said, the, the Argentine government expropriated 51% of the, of the shares of YPF, which were owned at the time by the Spanish uh, Repsol. Uh, a law was passed by Argentine Congress, and a couple of years later, Repsol was paid uh, five, over $5 billion for, for uh, a settlement. But 
some uh, minority shareholders uh, brought Argentina to, to, to court, actually New York courts, because they alleged that the bylaws of the company had not been uh, fully uh, respected. I mean, in, in a change of ownership, the bylaws provided for a tender offer um, for all of them, and, and the Argentine government um, uh, failed to, to meet this obligation. So uh, as, as recent as this year, um, the a New York court uh, ruled against Argentina. Um, it must pay over sixteen billion dollars to the minority to some of the minority shareholders, and that you know it's it's a terrible example of how things can go bad if you don't follow follow the rules. But um, um, again, uh, in 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 other um, energy related uh, cases. Argentina um, uh, faced uh, exit or international claims generally, but um, they have to do with changes in the in the in the equity and the equation in the commercial in the economic equation of the contracts, not because of na of uh, of uh, takings or or nationalizations. So, Michael, um, thinking about the mining sector again and investors, um, particularly on the sort of critical minerals front, do you think they could be um, at risk under future government policy? Well, uh, as you as you all know, you're very, very informed people. Uh, we have elections coming <laughs> over in Argentina next next weekend. In fact, um, one thing I'm glad to say is that no matter who wins. Uh, there may be a, cle a clear victor in the first round this weekend, or there may have to be a second uh, a runoff for a ballotage in November. But the important thing is that the three main candidates, they're all pro-mining, and none of them have hinted or suggested that uh, resource nationalism is going to be uh, put on the on the table if, if they take over. Um, so so I'm, I'm quite, you know... I, I'm quite. I'm very, very optimistic in in that uh, in that aspect. Um, uh, there was uh, there was some time ago uh, some some groups, minority groups, which wanted to to have lithium, for example, declared as a as a as a strategic um, a resource. Uh, something that has happened in other neighboring countries, um, but the provinces where where lithium reserves. Are concentrated, uh, essentially three got together and formed a sort of a block, uh, saying to the government, to the federal government, uh, don't uh, don't enter here. This is our own turf, and this is something that that the federal government cannot um, interfere with. So um, uh, essentially, I think that that covers what you were what you were asking. The mining investment law. Um, also provides uh, tax stability for 30 years. Uh, this was a law passed in 1993, uh, and there's no, no no reason to believe that this is going to change. That this law is going to change. It covers not only tax changes or tax increases, but also foreign exchange controls that are imposed and uh, import and export uh, duties. And anything um, in particular in respect of lithium. Well, just as I said, you know, Argentina is 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 one of the main uh, holders of of lithium reserves, together with the north of Argentina, together with the north of Chile, 
and the south of, of southern part of 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 of, uh, of Bolivia. Um, I think I, I'm quite objective to say that uh, given the, the the political climate in in our two neighbor countries, uh, Argentina is offering a good uh, a good um, alternative, and and we we are seeing investment currently happening and uh, and a substantial amount of consultations uh, in, in that regard. Uh, so again, as I said, I don't fear that there's going to be um, a move towards uh, nationalization or declaring lithium as a, as a, as a strategic uh, uh, mineral, which as you know, requires uh, normally uh, that the state be present uh, in, in any project as, 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 a, as a joint venture uh, partner. So, um, so that, that, that's not a risk that, that, that we see. In terms of anything else that investors might be able to negotiate or additional protections, is there, is there any, anything else that you um, would say they should be thinking about? Well, it's a good question because many companies are asking as well, okay, we have the constitution, we have the, 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 the bilateral investment treaty, we have the specific uh, mining law investments, uh, mining law, sorry, mining investment law. Um, what else can we can can we have? Can we can we sign? Can we sit down with the local authority and sign an investment treaty? Uh, although that model may may work in in other countries, uh, we haven't seen it here. And to tell you the truth, I don't think it would add too much protection to what you already have. Okay, thank you, Michael, very much. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time, Michael. All right. It was a pleasure. Uh, we'll stay in touch uh, if, if you want to expand uh, anytime. Benton's is a global legal practice providing client services worldwide through its member firms and affiliates. This episode is not designed to provide legal or other advice, and you should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Please see Denton's.com for legal notices. Mm -hmm.